morning, church. Our title is Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath from Mark 2, verse 23 through 3, 6. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him? How they entered the house of God in the time of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him. How to destroy him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, God. Please be seated. Um, real quick, before we get started, we do have Mark Scripture journals this morning. Um, somebody did not forget to order them this week, and the post office did not forget to mail them to us. So we have some in the very back on the back communion table, um, and then we also have some outside. If you want to go ahead and grab one now so you have notes, while the kids are exiting, going to their classrooms, now is a great time to go or to send someone to go for you because we have a packed house. If you're in the middle, you just need to tell the person at the end, go grab me a book if you know them. <clears throat> if you don't know them, now's a good time to see how kind they are to strangers. Um, <clears throat> I... I'm, I'm preaching this morning with a lot of weakness, a lot of awareness uh, of my weakness and my limits and my humanity. Um, I brought this water up here because I'm losing my voice, if you can't tell. And I even had like, thought of a joke to say, like, this isn't because I think I'm going to cry. Because y'all know when I bring a water, it's like, oh, it's going to be an emotional one. Um, but now, as I'm sitting there during worship and just praying and speaking to the Lord, um, I'm, I'm probably going to need it for both, so just so you know. Um, our passage in Mark 2 and 3 about Sabbath is not Jesus instructing us how to Sabbath. It's Jesus instructing us how to believe about Sabbath, about Sabbath, how to believe about God and how to believe about ourselves and how we relate to Sabbath, how we relate to God and ourselves through Sabbath. And so I'm not going to give you 10 best practices for Sabbath, how many times do I say, I'm not going to give you 10 best practices? Like, our, our application this morning is repent and believe. Okay? 
It's probably going to be like 90% of the applications for the rest of Mark. Um, but we see that Jesus confronts not the behavior of the religious leaders. He confronts their belief. And he doesn't do that just to the religious leaders. Because remember, when we see the Pharisees in any of the Gospels, even in some of the New Testament letters, we should not be like, ah, yeah, those bad guys. We should say, how am I like that? And so Jesus challenging not their behavior, but their belief should lead us to, to receive the challenge from Jesus of what do we believe? What do I most trust and depend on? And so we've got two goals that I've posed as questions, our two goals for this morning. What does Jesus reteach us about Sabbath? And how does Sabbath, how does Jesus use Sabbath to teach us to repent and believe? Now, if you remember last week, I kind of reframed this repent and believe command from Jesus. The first words Jesus is um, written to have said in the book of Mark. Mark 1.15, first time Jesus speaks. The kingdom's here. God's rule and reign, it's here. Repent and believe. I reframe that as we've got to unlearn how we've learned to be human so that we can let Jesus reteach us how to be human. Do you remember the Brandolini principle? That that unlearning will take substantially more time and effort and frustration and anger than learning it wrong the first way. And so as we unlearn, be patient with yourself. Be patient with one another because Jesus is patient with you. Your sanctification, your growth and maturity is in the hands of the Holy Spirit. So if you are feeling like, man, I just am not where I think I need to be yet. Let me remind you, your sanctification, your growth and maturity is in the hands of the Holy Spirit. You mature at the pace he has for you. That's not an excuse to be lazy. That's an excuse to depend on him, to say, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not God. And to depend on him and follow him and to trust him when he says, go, you go. When he says, move, you move. When he says, rest, you rest. So what does Jesus reteach us about Sabbath? I want to just real quickly, before I start answering these questions, I want to define Sabbath for anybody that we may not know it. I was a Christian for many years before I knew what Sabbath was. It showed up in Scripture, and all I knew was that it was with us before sin was with us. Sabbath was given to us at creation. That's incredibly important. We'll come back to that. <clears throat> Sabbath is this weekly, this repetitive reminder that we are human, that we have limits, that we need to live within those limits. Sabbath is, is a weekly reminder to rest 
and to find our souls to be restored in God. God invites us in Sabbath to put our work down, to spend a whole day with him, enjoying him, enjoying one another, enjoying God's creation. Um, anybody, anybody a Gilmore Girls fan? Okay, I expected like four hands. I saw some guys. Yes, I love that show. It's hilarious. The, like, the rapidity of the dialogue is too quick to be natural, but that's right. It's so funny. Um, Emily Gilmore did not invent the concept of Friday night dinner. Okay? Now, some of you who parents probably hopefully established this, like, hey, we're going to have dinner together as a family at the table as much as we can. We will at least do it once a week. Right? Does somebody all do that? This is the Emily Gilmore Friday night dinner thing where she guilt-tripped and had strings attached with her Friday night dinners. God's not like that. The Sabbath isn't like that. There's no strings attached. There's no guilt trip. But it's that same desire of, of God giving us a day where we just get to be with him. That's Sabbath. We get to spend our time thinking about God. We get to spend our words encouraging one another, praying to God. Now, how you practice Sabbath will tell you what you believe about God and about yourself. Because we, in our American culture, I've said this time and time again, we put so much emphasis on our intellect. We put so much emphasis on what we know, what's in our brains, we put so little emphasis on what we believe. And I can know the gospel. There are atheists that know the gospel and they don't believe it. I can know it and not believe it. You can know it and not believe it. You can know Sabbath is important in what it does for you without believing it. And so I have the answer to this question. What does Jesus reteach us about Sabbath? How does Jesus use Sabbath to reteach us? The answer is in one statement. God is God. We are not. God is God. We are not. And I had a whole joke about the next thing and my perfect transition. I tell you guys too much about my manuscripts. <clears throat> um, but I'm just, I'm going to spend some time crying for a second. Uh, and then we're going to spend some time crying for a second, I hope. We're going to confess. Uh, Cassie talked about the Asbury revival. And this started a week and a half ago on Wednesday. This, if, you, if you're not sure what it is, just later today, go Google Asbury College Revival. It's happened three times in the same place. Um, I'm not sure about the other two, the first two, but this, this time it began in a chapel service. And do you know what the application was? Do you know what the service was all about? Confession and repentance. On this college campus, with people at the age 
where, where us older people like to point at the younger college-age people and be like, man, they just don't know who they are. They think so highly of themselves. They think they're superhuman. And we say that because a lot of times, I remember being that age, I thought that was true. But here on this college campus, we see a revival spark. And it's real, okay? Let's let our caution down and just trust God for a second. Because what if it's not real? Does that hurt us? We're okay. We can trust God with that risk. It's real, and it started with confession. So my confession to you. Man. This week, I forgot that God is God and I am not. Anybody else? I forgot. I forgot to believe it. I forgot to live like it. And I squeezed so much out of Mark 2 and 3 to write this really amazing sermon about Sabbath. And it was good. This is actually my second run at it that I retyped. I got my first one there. And both of them are great on paper. But they're not human. And so my confession that I forgot that God is God and I am not has to do with the way that I treated my week has to do with the way that I treated my own limits. That I, I thought without thinking, I believed without thinking, I didn't need to rest. I didn't need to pray. I just needed to study harder. I just needed to type more. I needed to think better, ask the right questions, ask the right people the right questions. I needed to put the math together on what these answers were and build out this incredible outline And then go into my weekend, and I forgot that God is God and I'm not. I forgot to Sabbath. I forgot to rest. I forgot to give one day, just one day, to thinking on God and thanking him and resting in what he's done for me. Um, Chandler, can you put just like a little bit of background music so this isn't more awkward than it has to be. Uh, But we're just going to spend some time. We're going to pray. We're going to confess. If you're with somebody, you're with a friend, with with a spouse, um, and your forgetfulness that God is God and you are not has harmed them, would you confess to them? But we're just going to confess to God. This is my pastoral prayer. I usually start before the scripture reading with a pastoral prayer. This is my pastoral prayer. I'll model it. I'll confess to God and to you guys. I'll ask for forgiveness. And I'm just going to be quiet. That's another part of Sabbath that we forget. Just to be still and quiet because that makes us anxious. We're experts at busyness. We're experts at being distracted. So let's just take a minute. Sit through the awkward. And there's babies in here. Just to forewarn you, so don't, don't let yourself be too distracted. Think back. Every distraction is an opportunity to come back and remind yourself of who God is. <clears throat>
Father in heaven, you are God, and I am not. And I've not lived this way this week. God, I confess that I've lived above my means and beyond my limits to strive and try to make something of myself, to try and find peace and comfort in my relationships all on my own, to try and earn something from people, to try to earn something from you to prove myself. God, and I see that my heart is wicked. My heart is twisted, and it even takes advantage of this day that you give us to rest, to, to Sabbath, to enjoy you. I've tried to squeeze more and more life out of it for myself. God, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me of harming my wife and my kids by doing this? God, would you teach me to believe that you are God and I am not? God, would you lead this church to confess and repent and to believe the good news that you are God and we are not and that you sent your son to forgive us when we forget every time? I'm aware that we are not used to um, the, the preacher stopping his sermon to confess, to pray, to lead you to confess and pray. Um, I didn't plan on that. Um, whatever illusion I have or that you have that I'm in control or that we're in control, it is an illusion. I'm not in control. And so I don't even get to decide what I come up here with is what I get to say. And so I, I, what today was is what it needed to be. And that's how it will continue to be. Um, just a couple of quick things about Sabbath. As you probably are going to go home and research and hopefully dig into Scripture about what Scripture has to say about Sabbath. Um, I need to remind everyone, we don't work for rest. We work from rest. God works hard six days a week. God invites us to work hard six days a week. And then on the seventh, invites us to rest so that for the next six days, we can work hard. Okay? Because our work and our rest is worship. Once you see rest and Sabbath rightly, you can't unsee work rightly. You will see it rightly, okay? So we, we do not work for rest. We work from rest. Now, um, the other thing that, that I need you to understand about Sabbath, when God made Sabbath, it was before sin. So it wasn't because we had broken something and Sabbath was used to fix it. Why did God make Sabbath? Well, repeatedly throughout Genesis 1 and 2, 
we hear that God is present with his people, the seventh day is our opportunity to on purpose be present with God. Okay? Because we live in this illusion, another illusion, that God is far off, that God has forgotten me. Right? Do we feel that way? Sabbath, rest, period, prayer, fasting, worship is given to us as a good gift to give life and to remind us that God is with us and that God is near to us. So your benediction this morning is a combination of Jeremiah 31 and Exodus 33. Church, receive the words of the Lord to your soul. He says to us, For I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. I love you. Go in peace.